your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and news, uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day despite the fact that uh, there is more news about more mass shootings. Yes, we have another one in Tulsa. That one is getting uh, the most of the publicity. But the total number of mass shootings since Uvalde uh, is just staggering. And no, this is not an issue that is going to uh, go away. Uh, there will be almost certainly some very important upcoming Supreme Court cases involving uh, the Second Amendment and involving gun rights and what Congress can and cannot do and what state legislatures can and cannot do. We'll be speaking about that with law professor John Yu, former uh, Justice Department official at the Bush administration and national security official of the Bush administration, now a, a distinguished professor of law at the University of California at Berkeley. Uh, John Yu coming up. We'll also be speaking to another former official of the uh, Bush administration, Ambassador John Bolton. What is happening with the Iran deal? And when will uh, President Biden look at the evidence and understand that there is nothing good happening regarding Iran and moving closer to an agreement? In fact, it was announced by the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, that Iran had a horrible hack and attempt to immobilize and destroy a children's hospital in Boston. Yeah, really. Uh, we will get to that, plus the latest on Russia and Ukraine, and congratulations to Ukraine for a spectacular soccer victory, which is lifting spirits all over that embattled nation. Uh, there is uh, so much going on, and of course a great deal of it leading people to believe that we are headed toward another civil war. There is a, um, a piece in the Daily Mail reporting on a new poll that shows that a majority of Republicans say the country is headed toward a civil war. It also shows that a great many young men believe that uh, our problems, our national problems, are so severe that they can only be solved with violence. Does somebody else out there believe that? A uh, 1-800-955-1776. And uh, we uh, will be dealing with all of that, plus the very latest in politics, a, uh, a new voice that most people have not heard from or heard about who is talking openly about running for president as a Republican. Uh, it's a governor and uh, going to uh, speak up in New Hampshire and in Iowa coming up. And you know what that means. Any reason to take him seriously, we will get to that and to much more on the Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Uh, first off, it is so extraordinary and so unbelievable to me that uh, you have this headline over at the Daily Mail in Britain, and yes, the headline is meant to attract attention, but it should attract attention in this case. It says more than half of Republicans believe the U.S. is heading towards another civil war. 
And by the way, Democrats shouldn't be so smug about this. Oh, it's just those crazy Republicans. 39% of Democrats believe we are headed toward another civil war. Uh, 53% majority of Republicans said the nation seems headed in that direction. The uh, new poll shows overall 44% of Americans believe the nation is headed toward another civil war, with a uh, majority of Republicans believing it will happen. Uh, if you believe we're headed toward another civil war, whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent or disillusioned or you're a member of some strange third or ninth party, uh, you can give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. The question I would ask, for people who believe we're headed toward another civil war, we know the history, we know what the last civil war looked like, and the last civil war was not the kind of civil war I think that people are talking about here. Are people talking about organized armies? clashing with each other right here in the United States? What would the issues be that drove us to another civil war? More on this poll, which is uh, sponsored by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a left-leaning organization. But uh, the data also show that uh, there is very broad support for the Great Replacement Theory, uh, the theory that was referenced very prominently by the shooter, Peyton Gendron, who is now charged as a domestic terrorist who killed 10 people after driving 200 miles and going up and targeting his uh, victims based upon their race. The uh, poll by the group uh, Southern Poverty Law Center and Tulsa Research was taken in late April before that horrific shooting in Buffalo, uh, where the assailants' digital postings were filled with conspiratorial and racist ramblings. And there's more on this poll that is worth noting. A year after a mob of Donald Trump supporters breached police barricades at the Capitol, Republicans were more likely to agree with a statement that, quote, some violence may be necessary to get the country back on track. That figure included 44% of young Democratic men and 40% of Republican women. Uh, the um, nearly 7 in 10 among Republicans believed that left-wing politicians were deliberately driving economic changes to gain power by, quote, replacing more conservative white voters. Terminology that suggests that people are being replaced by non-white voters coming into the country and suggesting that a lot of people are watching the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, what we found was a great deal of hostility for people on the other side of the political aisle. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, a majority of both Republicans and Democrats believe their political opponents pose a threat to the country and want to harm their political opponents. That kind of animosity could fuel partisan violence. Now, some of that, of course, could involve the uh, gun issue, where there are people on both sides, obviously, who have uh, extraordinarily strong feelings. 
The uh, latest shooting that is getting uh, a great deal of public attention is this shooting in Tulsa, which is just dreadful. And um, the gunman bought his rifle, uh, an AR-15-style rifle, uh, just an hour before slaying uh, four people and himself. Uh, the Tulsa police chief says. Two orthopedic surgeons, a medical office staffer, and a patient visitor were killed in a mass shooting Wednesday in the campus of St. Francis Health System in Tulsa. The gunman reportedly was able to purchase a semi-automatic rifle only an hour before the slayings, targeting a specific physician, according to investigators. The uh, uh, victims, by the way, the, the chief victim, the orthopedic surgeon who was treating the uh, the suspect, the now dead shooter. He's not just a suspect. He was the murderer. But uh, the orthopedic surgeon who died was black and a very distinguished uh, medical officer. The assailant was also black. Uh, is someone imputing anything racial here? No, but imputing a, a issue, very sensitive issue, related to uh, to actually the mental illness problem that obviously afflicted the killer. We will get to that and more. Looking for satisfaction, uh, some idea that this uh, plague of violence that we have in our country, the increase in crime, and it's every sort of crime, but also a dramatic increase in the number of mass shootings. Uh, Washington Post reporting, and uh, this is based on statistics from everywhere, because when mass shootings happen, they tend to get press attention, and of course that's appropriate. But here is uh, the number, the mass shooting that had just occurred in Tulsa that we were talking about was the country's 20th, the 20th mass shooting since the Uvalde massacre last week. It's the 233rd mass shooting of the year. The uh, definition that they use is that a mass shooting is an event in which four or more people are killed or wounded, not including the shooter. Here in Tulsa, there were four people who were killed, and, and then the shooter killed himself. So a total of five. Uh, a receptionist, another patient, and two doctors, which is... I don't know, when, when you've trained a great deal, one of the doctors, uh, female, and then Dr. Phillips, who was the doctor of the patient, uh, who actually came in and didn't like what was going on in his treatment. We'll get back to that in just a moment. Let me go to Jeff in Seattle, who uh, has an idea of what the coming civil war, if there is one, would be all about. Jeff, you're on. No, it's not 
No, it's not what it would be all about. It's what will it be about? It, you know, what's going to cause our fellow citizens to kill each other? Is it going to be a race war? Is it going to be economics? I, I mean, I don't get the whole war aspect. I can see, you know, secessionists out there wanting to secede. I see that. But are they willing to take up arms and kill their fellow citizens to do it? And the people that talk about, you know, keeping their guns because they're afraid of the government, you know, coming to take their guns, it's the government's going to knock once the first time to ask for your gun. The second time they're showing up with a tank and they're going to blow the hell out of you and take your gun. You're going to take to do you no good against the government when they want to take it. So uh, uh, look, I, I think you, I think I disagree with you that they're going to have to use a tank. But again, the idea that even people who are very, very well armed at home um, are going to be safe against the authorities who exist basically to try to keep order and to try to keep the country safe. Uh, when when people are talking about using their guns to defend themselves against the government, are we talking about shooting cops? Are we talking about shooting soldiers? Are we talking about shooting social workers? I, I agree with what you're saying, Jeff, and I, I think your point is very well taken indeed. Uh, the um, Tulsa shooting, the... Uh, way it's covered in the Washington Post here, the gunman who killed four people at a Tulsa hospital yesterday blamed a doctor at the facility for ongoing pain after back surgery and vowed to kill him and anyone who got in his way. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin told supporters that Michael Lewis bought an AR-15 style weapon on the same day as the attack, within an hour of the attack, going immediately from getting his new gun to killing St. Francis Hospital doctors Preston Phillips and Stephanie Hooson. And again, it's amazing when you talk about they're both orthopedic surgeons. To train to be an orthopedic surgeon, you're talking about, well, if you count undergraduate years of uh, training, you're talking about like 12 years of training after high school to learn to do that and to try to help people with back problems. And this is a dissatisfied patient. One of the interesting things that there was a letter to the comments section of the Tulsa World, the local newspaper in Tulsa, and it mentioned that, look, along with everything else that is going on in this country, we have an opioid epidemic, right? And one of the things we've been trying to do is to prescribe less fentanyl for people, to prescribe fewer painkillers so that people don't get addicted and they don't have a problem with it. And could it be that, that this case where the patient, Michael Lewis, was complaining and complaining about the pain that he had, his surgery was, uh, what, two weeks ago, and he wasn't recovering well from his back surgery. He had a lot of pain. And meanwhile, this occurs at a time when the hospital in Tulsa, the St. Francis Hospital, like every hospital in the country, has been trying to make a serious effort to cut down on the level of painkiller prescriptions. Is uh, there a very possible 
In fact, I would say likely connection between the additional pain that he felt the doctor couldn't do anything about and made it him angry enough to uh, to kill his doctor, Dr. Phillips. Uh, this is Tulsa Police Chief giving further details about the shooting. 1.5, Jeremy. The officers that did arrive uh, were hearing shots in the building, and that's what directed them to the second floor. Um, right now, we have uh, four civilians that are uh, dead. We have one shooter that is dead, and uh, right now, we believe that is self-inflicted. Officers have not been interviewed, but we're certain that's a self-inflicted gunshot wound on his uh, part. Right now, uh, the suspect, we do not have an identity that uh, we believe we're getting close uh, on the identity of, of uh, the suspect. Uh, he is a black male, uh, estimated to be 35 uh, to 40 years old, uh, and we have confirmed he had one long gun, a rifle, and one handgun uh, on the scene at the time. The uh, semi-automatic rifle was an AR-15 style rifle. Um, he began shooting that rifle less than just an hour after purchasing it. He had previously purchased a 40 caliber handgun from a pawn shop. He purchased that on Sunday. The authorities said they recovered a total of 37 bullet casings at the hospital, 30 from the AR-15 style rifle and seven from the handgun. At Franklin, the head of the hospital, uh, told reporters that police recovered it, a letter the gunman had on him detailing how he was killing Dr. Phillips and anyone else who uh, came in his way. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain that came from the surgery. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of ongoing pain, what does any of this mean politically? We'll get to that coming up on the 1-800-955-1776. The Michaels Medved. On the uh, Michael Medved show, the uh, the shooter identified as Michael Lewis. We're talking about. Uh, Tulsa. Uh, this is yesterday, Wednesday, and uh, it's a horrible thing. Uh, he came in and gunned down William Love, who uh, was a patient there, and uh, he basically was trying to block his way when he saw him coming in. He uh, had purchased his 40 caliber Smith & Wesson pistol on May 29th from an area pawn shop and uh, he had gotten his AR-15. I, I, it, is, it is unimaginable to me. I mean, the entire story, his wife has confirmed, and again, this is a married man, his wife has confirmed that he had been suffering from terrible pain since his surgery, which was May 19th, and he had just gone in to see the doctor, Dr. Phillips, who is now dead, killed by this crazed patient. Uh, he had gone in to see him Tuesday, the day before. Um, what a horrible thing. 
at, at today there is a political consequence, and of course it is connected to Uvalde mostly, but also to Buffalo. The shooter in Buffalo, and I understand why they do this, but he obviously must have a public defender of some kind right now. We're talking about um, Pey uh, Peyton Gudrun, the killer in Buffalo who killed 10 people, most of them black people, because he's looking to, to victimize black people, to kill black people. Um, he is the one who put out that 180-page manifesto, so-called. In any event, he just pleaded not guilty to the charges against him. And given the fact that he had put out this manifesto beforehand and uh, the manifesto beforehand and had actually taken film uh, because he wanted uh, to live stream his act of hideous killing... With all of that, why does somebody even bother to plead not guilty? Because the guilt is so incredibly, crashingly, undeniably obvious. And the answer is, it's a plea bargain. So that uh, maybe, I mean, and to give anything less than life imprisonment with no possibility of parole to a killer like this, and they haven't even begun, I believe. They've uh, already charged him with a terrorist incident, but they're also clearly, if they're going to have hate crime laws, and we do, uh, isn't this an obvious hate crime on top of everything else? The mayor of Tulsa stood up and asked for people to support victims and their families. Uh, concerning this hospital shooting. This is clip uh, one. You know, there are so many people out there right now that want to know what you can do to support the people at St. Francis Health System in the midst of this tragedy. I don't have one thing for you right now. I would ask for you to think about what the St. Francis Health System and the people that work there mean to our community, what they mean to you and your family and your neighbors the heroes who protect you, think about what they mean to you and think about in your own way what you can do to show your support for them in the midst of this tragedy. I also want to express our community's profound gratitude for the broad range of first responders who did not hesitate today to respond to this act of violence. A number of eyewitnesses say that part of what happened yesterday was that uh, there were many shots being fired. As uh, we said earlier, they discovered 30 casings from the AR-15 that were on the ground at the hospital in the scene. A place of healing turned into a place of slaughter, and, and what a nightmare. But in the midst of the firing, the uh, police officers plunged right in. No hesitation. This was not repeating the situation they had in Uvalde. They uh, came right in against the sounds of firing, but by the time they reached the crime scene, the uh, shooter had killed himself. The Joy Reid uh, had something to say on MSNBC. And, and again, this is, it seems to me, can only be classified as a racist response considering these recent events. 
Uh, here's what she had to say and how she chose to cast blame. Uh, clip nine. It's an extreme way of capitalizing on a wholly manufactured sense of apocalyptic fear, deliberately created by people who have a financial and political motive to keep a certain segment of the population, namely white working class Christians, in a constant state of panic. The gun industry, aided by the right wing media ecosphere, creates this hyper anxiety. Elites want to take your guns while immigrants are being brought in to replace you. Teachers are indoctrinating your children and turning them gay and against your ancestry. It's just constant baiting, building up the sense of apocalypse and giving the AR-15 mythical status as the weapon of choice to fight back onward, Christian soldiers. Okay, uh, first of all, we have two very high-profile shootings uh, recently, and... Uh, and Uvalde was the killer a white Christian? Well, since you count Latinos as a, a separate ethnic group, he's a Latino. And the shooter in Tulsa? Neither he nor his prime victim, Dr. Phillips, were white, both black. And uh, again, this this desperate desire to try to put all of this onto white uh, working-class uh, Christians uh, is doesn't fit, it isn't wrong, and it's uh, racial, race-based blame casting for which uh, she ought to apologize. And uh, the, the idea that it's wrong to consider the element of uh, mental illness that afflicts people here uh, Joy Bihar seems to be uh, very, very, this is on The View, of course, over at ABC, very reluctant uh, to admit that uh, obviously mental illness is a big part of this national problem. Uh, this is clip 12. Listen. When guns come up, there are two things that happen. The left goes to the gun and the right goes to mental health. What I will say is the left at least then proposes legislation on how we can solve the gun problem. The right says mental health, and they do nothing for mental health. Well, they take money away from mental health. Sarah, we both know and everybody knows that mentally ill people are everywhere in the world. This is the only country where they shoot people. Okay, it's not the only country where they shoot people. It happens more often here. And uh, again, what people who are talking about mental health are trying to do is to stop the availability of guns to people who are m mentally disturbed. And does that mean uh, that it, it should be more difficult? There should be more restraints, more checks before you're able to purchase, particularly an extremely formidable gun like an AR-15, Yes, and everybody acknowledges that. The majority of NRA members believe that. The majority, great majority of Republicans. Speaking of Republicans, there is a great point that is made by Ross Douthat when he, he actually talks about, he has a column that appeared today. I alluded to it yesterday, having seen an early version of it. But uh, Ross Douthat's column talks about the simplest, most direct way to try to cut down the availability of deadly firearms 
to people who really shouldn't have them. We'll get to that and more coming up on the MedVet Show. This is the Michael Medved Show. This is totally, completely. On the Michael Medved Show, uh, the House Judiciary Committee is uh, poised to act today uh, to advance legislation uh, billed as the emergency response to mass shootings. Now, look. Daniel Henninger has a great uh, the the bill by the way is called the <laughs> Protecting Our Kids Act and uh which I guess it's uh, Protecting Our Kids Act that's a uh, POCA because they love to do these things as acronyms uh in in congressional parlance but the judiciary committee is uh dealing with POCA that would raise the purchase age of an assault weapon from 18 to 21 years it would also crack down on large capacity magazines, making it more difficult to purchase them, and uh, on ghost guns, which are guns that uh, basically you can make yourself. It's do-it-yourself guns that uh, are not traceable and uh, really where you have very little chance of being able to regulate the way they get distributed and who gets hold of them. Now, none of these things are, it seems to me, a, a threat to the Second Amendment or a threat to people's ability to defend themselves or protect themselves, but they are a threat to, in, in this sense, and this is the point of Daniel Henge's column today in the Wall Street Journal, which is that we are so primed to react to everything with new sets of rules and new sets of regulations and with with no certainty or no confidence even that they are actually going to make a difference now given the fact that there has been such a overrepresentation of uh, young men between the ages of of oh, 15 and 25 that uh, giving special attention to that group seems to me to be reasonable. Uh, but there's also this, and uh, this is the only comment I've heard about this from a major politician. The governor of West Virginia, who is a former Democrat, he switched over to the Republican Party, big support of President Trump. Uh, Jim Justice is his name, Big Jim, as he is known. He's very large individual and uh, he talks about the kind of reforms that he would favor in light of the terrible terrible recent mass shootings this is governor justice of west virginia 2.5 we absolutely know without any question uh, to me at least that why in the world is an 18 year old buying an assault weapon you know a 21 year old i'd welcome it but really and truly, we know, we know all of the stuff that's going on on social media all across the land. We know of the profanity. We know of absolutely all the different stuff, you know, all the porn, all the bad stuff that's out there that is getting in the minds of our children. We know all these violent video games that are out there getting in the minds of our children. Why don't we do something about it? Well... 
Okay. This, of course, is something that I've written about. I've been writing about for more than 30 years, which is the impact of violent imagery, violent video games, which is not that all of a sudden somebody sees something like that on the uh, uh, in a video game or in an entertainment, and they say, okay, I'm, I'm, that's for me. I'm going up and following that. The, the impact of that imagery, the impact of being saturated with material on social media and entertainment media and, and even games, uh, the, uh, the impact is that it regularizes, it normalizes this kind of behavior. And, and that's the problem also, Governor Justice. If you're going to try to rein something in, of course it's impossible for people in media not to pay attention to, to these kinds of stories. But, but given the fact that they are so horrifying, and frankly they are so unusual, and yes, we've had 233 mass shootings so far this year, more than one a day. There's a mass shooting somewhere all the time. It's too much. It's too much to be done. It does indicate why we so desperately need more police and more support for the police. But the idea that we're going to now try to regulate the imagery that people say, what do you do about this in terms of if you're trying to run a responsible uh, news operation on, in media terms? Do you say we're not going to report on mass shootings because it may stimulate more mass shootings? You can't do it. And, uh, and, and frankly, do, do we really want the government regulating the uh, imagery that we see? I, I, what I do think that, uh, that Governor Justice is right about is that parents and schools, both of whom should have our forces that should have some influence over kids should be much more involved and sensitive about restricting what kids see, especially very young kids. And this is something that the American College of Pediatrics, all the pediatricians, the child doctors around the country have been talking about for 20 years is is basically it's not just a question of the low quality or the violent or the pornographic quality of what kids watch. It's the quantity of it. And uh, the National College of Pediatrics is saying, and it's something that we try to take seriously with our, uh, we tried certainly to take seriously with our children and now with our grandchildren, which is, that for kids below the age of three, and certainly below the age of two, uh, the idea of getting hooked on images on a screen rather than interacting with the actual people around you is, uh, is not a good idea. And trying to restrict that and moderate that is uh, an, an important way to not solve the problem, to move us in a more appropriate uh, direction. Uh, this came in from uh, Jason in Salt Lake City. He says, here is an idea. 
since the left is upset Republicans never bend on gun control and the right is upset that Democrats will not bend on abortion, how about a super deal? If they agree to ban abortion past, say, 18 weeks, except for rape, incest, life of mother, we agree to taking the age of the rifle ownership, there is no such thing as an assault rifle, that is just a made-up term, that's what he says in parentheses. He says that we agree to take that age from 18 or whatever it is, sometimes no age restrictions at all, but we, we take that age up to 21. If they want the age taken up to 25, which is ridiculous and would do nothing, and want to throw in universal background checks, which also will do nothing since almost no guns used in gun show purchases are used in mass shootings, then no abortion past 15 weeks except in the life of the mother. This way, we both sacrifice something. I know it will never happen because everyone likes their political hot buttons, but uh, the Dems are not actually interested in saving lives, hence the late-term abortion. But it's just an idea. Look, because those are two of the many issues that divide us right now, I think that's an idea as reasonable as anybody else. But the problem is the two parties are both so disorganized, both so divided. Can you imagine trying to get Republicans to agree to a deal like this? Uh, it would be difficult to get all Republicans to agree on something regarding abortion. Should it be abortions permitted after viability, after 22 weeks, or should it be after... Uh, 11, uh, 11 weeks, or what standard should it be? But to try to get Republicans to agree on something like this, to try to get Democrats and people from the squad who want no limits on abortion. And see, the problem here is that there really is a, um, a guarantee about the right to keep and bear arms in the Second Amendment. And the left believes that there is a guarantee in the Constitution somewhere hovering around the Constitution uh, that uh, you should ha be able to have abortion anytime you want on demand. And given the fact that you're talking not only about procedures and rules and regulations, but you're talking about what people think of as fundamental rights, I think the chances of your solution, clever as it is, Jason, may not work for this greatest nation on God's green earth.